0: What's going on, everybody? And welcome to episode 104 of SDGC. As always, I am one of your hosts, John, uh, at Mr. Negative on Twitter. I know that I said that Jeff was going to host tonight. He's going to be hosting next week uh, because he just had a bunch of stuff going
1: on and he couldn't make the What a
2: terrifying thought that is.
1: You know what? We have a full
0: week
2: to prepare ourselves for the madness. I know.
1: You guys should just agree to let Saki host one episode i'll tell you what
0: i'll tell you what you know what i'm gonna make a pledge to you right now okay if I, I after the podcast i will tweet out hashtag let Saki host if it gets a hundred retweets i will literally let Saki host the podcast That's no, just,
3: let's just make it like 20 so like no no happens.
0: no because when i the last time i let jeff host he needed a hundred retweets and he got him so I know That's he can. Fair. I know That's we can do fair. this.
1: You gotta hold.
0: Saki so so if Saki, standard.
4: we'll blow through fifty.
0: If Saki, Saki can man. get, if I if that if hashtag let Saki host gets a hundred retweets, I will let Saki host the next episode of SDGC. That that is my pledge to you, right man, now. I'm for life. I immediately <laughs> regret this decision. Make,
2: making a strong case for herself right now. I immediately yes. regret
0: this decision. This is this was a <clears> terrible <throat> idea. I take it all back.
4: Um, <laughs>
2: no, no, no. Easy,
0: easy, easy. Hundred retweets. So. Just you with the lawyer. Jesus Christ! All right. Um, uh, Je- it's already starting in chat. Jesse says, "I will unfollow, mute, then block you if you let a sock host."
1: <laughs> well, that's an even bigger reason to let it happen.
0: We are uh, we are happy that everybody is here. Um, hopefully, it'll be Jeff hosting next week and not Saki. Um, but <laughs> but uh, as you can see, we've still got we still got a good show for you. Um, uh, Matt Matt Piscatella from NPD is joining us once again. It has been way too long since uh, since you've been on the podcast, my man, and uh, we missed you. And we you know we always love having you. So um, I almost forgot you were coming on. To get, I, I literally like it's like I've been so busy this week.
5: I almost forgot you were coming on tonight. I had to write down the calendar. It's been a crazy couple weeks. It's really fun to be here. It's fun to be home and on the road a lot. So this is great. So thanks for having me again. You've been working quite a bit, man. You've been working quite a bit.
0: Um, Well, I'll tell you what. So uh, what we're going to do tonight is we're not going to really talk about news so much as a couple of topics that we came up with that we thought you guys might enjoy. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about what we've been playing this week. Um, But uh, as always, first... Why don't we go ahead and – hey, um, Finn, I know you guys are in the car. Can you can you go and mute that for me? Thank you, my man. Appreciate it. Um, and stay muted the rest of the podcast. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, Matt, um, so we missed you uh, for uh, January's NPD. So why don't we go ahead and rectify that? Why don't you tell everybody uh, what the NPD numbers were like and what it means for the industry? Because this is the most interesting NPD I think we've had in a long time.
5: Which is really weird because it's a January. Yeah, Uh, it's it's pretty incredible. You had a a billion dollar or one point one billion dollar month. Everything was up. uh, Total sales up sixty percent. Hardware was up big. I mean, really, the story this month is that PS4, Xbox One, and Switch are all selling well and selling within a few percentage points of each other. That's so, and they're all doing great numbers. So it's not like they're all kind of mediocre. No, these are three boxes that are selling as well, like for the PS4 and X1, as well as any boxes this late into their cycles have. And, you know, of course, the Switch is setting records. So we have three very successful consoles. We have a Monster Hunter game in the top spot. That's a pretty impressive dragon ball game at number two like what the hell is even that's happening awesome. anymore I'm, yeah
2: i'm so happy about that that's cool that those games can do so well and especially Lord in gotcha. a month like january
0: well and it's maintaining uh, I, I not to not to jump in matt but it's it and dragon ball fighters is maintaining a pretty Whoa. solid player hey. base yeah like it's not like a flash just fan. say
3: dragon ball
0: fighters it's dragon ball fighters it's dragon ball fighters right like i'm like what sounds like dragon
4: good. guard three Dragon Guard, yeah, it's Dragon, Dragon Guard
3: fighters. It's actually the fighting game with all your favorite Dragon Guard characters and near
2: characters.
5: <laughs>
2: all right, let's uh, people th- would buy that, actually.
0: Let's let let's let the man continue, please, Matt.
5: <laughs> I mean, those are the two the two biggest stories, and then you know just around the periphery, uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, number two seller on Xbox One. Uh, doing really good numbers. And, you know, the big question is, how much is that impacting the Xbox One sales versus just the price points and the promotions going on? I think it certainly doesn't hurt. Uh, so that's been kind of fun to watch. Um, the Xbox One had a tough, has had a tough go, uh, but for the last three months in particular, it's been really strong, and you kind of have to wonder, like, okay, with all the announcements around Game Pass and Play Anywhere... And playing on battlegrounds, like okay, are they turning a bit of a corner? Uh, PlayStation Four continues on its pace, like there's no slowing that train down. And games like Monster Hunter and Dragon Ball certainly appeal to that audience. And then Switch, I mean, you have games like Mario Kart Eight still in the top ten sellers over yep. the last twelve months. Zelda is up there too, isn't it? Breath of the oh, Wild. Oh, Zelda and Mario, and so you have like this library of games that they can call on at any time and you have such a wave of games coming on a weekly basis like all three of these boxes have really positive things going for them and what's interesting is that each of them have different things going for them and and are appealing to different segments so it's not just like everyone's fighting for the same audience like these boxes are are appealing to different folks and everyone's finding good success right now so that's Man, it's really fun to watch after like eight years of just declines, declines, declines over the last you know, year or two, we're seeing some really positive momentum and that makes my job a lot easier. So it's been a lot of fun. So
0: Matt, let me ask you this. Do we know what the split is on the Xbox one S and the Xbox one X?
5: I don't think it's public. I know that, you know, Sony came out with their one in five number one in yeah. five is a PS4 pro. Uh, they came out with that. Um, that's the ballpark, you know? So, uh, those, you know, 20, 25% of boxes are, are, you know, these, these higher price iterative models. And
0: well, the X is, the, the uh, X is outselling selling the pro, right? So I mentioned the, the, I mentioned the split for the Xbox one X has got to be bigger, right? Does that make sense? Uh,
5: yeah. I, I don't know if those numbers are public either, and I'm actually not too sure which one's outselling which, but, okay. um in general, I think the feedback to take away from is like, yeah, they're doing okay. Like they're doing what they should be doing. And, um, so what you have is you have a box that really caters to that leading edge, high end customer. And you have a box that, you know, families in mass market are gravitating towards. So it's, it's great. Like you have, you have consoles that are appealing to multiple segments. I mean, you look at the results and you kind of go, okay, yeah, everyone's being really smart right now. And that's a good thing.
0: Um, before I open the floor for somebody else to ask me a question, because I want uh, I want somebody else to ask, um, I do have another question. Um, uh, do you? So, or, or maybe not even a question, just to see if you agree with me. Like you know, everybody talked about what a turnaround uh, the PS4 was. Uh, when you look at what how Sony handled the PS3, especially in the early stages of its life cycle. but I think the turnaround from the Wii U to the Nintendo Switch is even more impressive. Um, and I wanted to I wanted to see what you thought about that, whether or not I'm off track.
5: Uh, no, I don't think you're off track. I mean, the switch has been, uh, like, again, it's set it's set every kind of record. So the most the most console sales over the first ten months in any console's life in history. Nice. Whether that pace can be achieved, That's like, can be sustained or not, it's another question. Uh, really good high ratios really good average pricing they haven't had to discount at all uh and you have this wave of games coming every week you compare that to the wii u oh my god it's it's god the the flood of games for the switch has been absolutely insane like no, i don't
1: think just a side note i don't think i ever thought after going from n64 gamecube wii and wii u that we would ever get this spot where you would go there's too many games coming out on a nintendo yeah especially like
2: with indies and everything like yeah huge on switch right
0: now oh my god and yeah well and you know what an interest you know brandon i'm glad i'm glad you mentioned that what an interesting turnaround uh for indies this generation like at the beginning of the generation everybody was hailing the ps4 as the as the savior of indies right like this is the indie station this is where all the indies are going uh you know to you know to live out their dreams but that narrative over the past year has really seen a sudden and just dramatic shift
4: i mean um, every everybody wants to be on the switch all the developers like that's it, they have way more incentive now like, well people buy buy that stuff like hotcakes
0: well there are some games jt and i can't matt maybe you can refresh my memories to which ones but there are several indie games that have sold double on switch what they have on other platforms combined which just blows my well we know you have awesome like game awesome games. tales
2: yeah, you have games like Golf Story that are coming out only on Switch. Yeah, Blossom,
0: amazing. Blossom Tales—that was the one. We actually we had the developers on a little while ago. That game, that game is thriving on the Switch. And
3: I, and I, I think Blossom Tales sold twice as much as, as as it had like on Steam the first day it was yeah. on the Switch. Yeah, the first day yep. that
0: was nuts.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, stuff like that just gets lost in, in the Steam library where where it comes out with like how to make string cheese the game. and yeah, like, yeah, what you ridiculous. Like, There's 10 games this that are just trash yeah. that come out. Please tell me that's every, every a game, game. game. Is that an actual game? Is?
1: Regarding this topic. Please. Um, I, I have a question for you regarding the topic of indies on Switch and just the success Nintendo's seen with this. We all know like, we're in the, uh, the gold rush phase of that, where everyone's yeah. throwing their games on When do you think we're going to hit a PS4 scenario where at some point there's just going to be too many indies and you're going to start seeing the success stories trickle down to just the really true quality ones as opposed to every single game on Switch sells well?
5: Yeah, I think it's the biggest threat that they're facing right now is that the gold. it's it's exactly what it is, it's a gold rush. And so you have so many titles coming to the platform and if you look at the eShop, how it's structured... It's really not built for discoverability. You can kind of tell them the design and it's like, okay, we're going to have a few games rolling through here, but it's not like we have to keep funneling things through a front page or really promote stuff. And what we're seeing are so many games coming every week that you have to wonder like, how does that, how does the eShop as it is today really hold up over this like wave of games that are hitting it? Um, I mean, you look at, The GDC, uh, the Game Developers Conference survey that just came out about the state of the games industry and the developers that answered that survey, one in three of them say that they think the Nintendo Switch is the most interesting console on the market. It is. 76% of them, 76% of them said that uh, Switch games are selling at or above average across all platforms on which a game was launched. So you have like this overwhelming developer interest too, right? And so we're seeing that beginning of the gold rush now, but it's really this holiday where we're going to be seeing so many games come, like how is that sustainable and how do people discover games that they might've missed? Right. Which seems to happen to me on a weekly basis. And I really pay attention to this stuff. So yeah, I think it's going to be, it's going to be an issue. Um, And we're, we're going to see that become more like, it's a great problem to have, right? Like, too many you games. You need to get someone problem, to play yeah.
2: your game on Twitch or YouTube. It's basically it's,
5: it's
1: really nice though for those that did believe in Nintendo enough to put their game on in the early times because they really reap that benefit as opposed to the people that are scrambling afterwards. But yeah, I, I just I, I just like the PlayStation Four, because the PS4 like John said was the indie haven for a while, but then too many, you know, cooks in the kitchen. At some point it's gonna to happen to Nintendo, but it doesn't look like anytime soon.
0: Yeah, but there are games yeah. I mean I mean there are games that just I like I will play them on PS four and I know that they would feel better um on the Switch, especially in handheld mode. A great example in Finn, I know you'll you'll agree is Iconoclasts. Um I, I finished it You're on PS4 on I finished it on PS4, it's not on Switch, which is really surprising to me. Oh.
1: What you're saying, it would be a perfect fit. It would be switch. a
0: perfect fit. Cosmic Star Heroine. Oh yeah. Cosmic Star Heroine. On, Brandon. Yeah. Bra- Brandon, if you have not played Cosmic Star Heroine, you yeah. need to. You need. You need to jump on that's, that. That's, that's in, actually in a, lieu a of good game, PC port of Chrono
2: Trigger. Well, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I just want to
0: point out that Jay and I just
1: agreed on a game. I just. I didn't want anybody to miss that. <laughs> want to make sure we that agreed that on a game, guys. Just want to make sure. That's any. Perfect. But any RPG would be perfect. And actually, uh, the first example of that for me, because I always have preferred my indies on PlayStation. Uh, or just console in general. Celeste was the first game I decided to choose on Switch over PlayStation, and I just foresee that trend extending into 2018 and beyond. Yep, and I'll tell you what. Like when you hear about stories of games
0: doubling their sales on the Switch, it gives me hope because I because um, uh, uh, Games tweeted out a little while ago that there is now a big chance that Cosmic Star Heroin is going to find its way to the Switch and I really hope it does because it did not sell well on... I'm
2: pretty sure I remember seeing the developer mention on Reset Air that he was working on it.
0: Yeah, point. dude, that game, that game could find a whole new audience and a new life on Switch and dude, it is like Fantasy Star mixed with Chrono Trigger and you should not pass it up. I know. Um, I
3: know. It took him a while to port the Vita version, so I, he might be taking a break. So. It's possible.
0: Oh no!
2: Yeah, maybe it was the Vita version. Well, no, wait, yeah, no, like we... it took
3: it took them a while to port it over. So I, I yeah. feel like we got a Switch version in probably like a couple more months. Yeah, but yeah. But, 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 but if but, you but haven't if he... played
0: that game yet, you should play it. Yeah, it's a fucking phenomenal game. If you like Fantasy no Star or Chrono Trigger, you, you you need to play Cosmic Star Hero. it has legitimately got one of the best battle systems in any RPG I've ever played. Uh, and that is not hyperbole. Um, does anybody else have a question for Matt about uh, NPD stuff?
1: I have one more question for you, if you don't mind, Matt. Sure. Um, and this is just because I, I love the concept of making you as an analyst predict the future, because it's always fun to see <laughs> if, you, if you guess correctly or not. Um, do you think 2018 will be the year Switch gets its first price cut?
5: No. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Uh, I don't think Switch gets a price cut until at least six months after Pokemon, whenever that is. Okay. So, yeah, um, there's nothing in the data that suggests that anything like that is necessary or that a revision is necessary in any way. Um, I'm sure you know, like, Nintendo has a very long history of maintaining higher price points yes, for premium pricing. They believe in premium pricing. So, no, this is... This is the price, I mean the I mean they can I mean they can get away with it right now, though, I mean people will pay it yeah and and knowing Nintendo, they have a plan for content to come at a regular basis, you know they're only talking about things now within a very short window versus the other guys who are announcing games you know two years <laughs> out. Nintendo's talking in like three month windows, and so like we have no idea what what the plan is for the rest of the year, but they have the online service coming in q three. Which of course suggests that something will launch alongside the Smash Brothers. <laughs> Smash Brothers. Yeah, I mean, come on, it has to yeah. be right. Like, I don't know, but I know, right? Yeah. Like,
0: well, well, like, well, oh, oh insider it. information confirm. But um, <laughs> but uh, no, no, I I agree. I, I mean, if I was a Batman, I would say you'll see a, like a huge reveal at E3 for Smash Brothers yeah. and then you'll get that September release uh, date Oh, because I'll tell you what like after a year and a half of a free service if any game was going to get people to pay for Nintendo online Smash Brothers is going to be the game that does it.
2: Oh yeah.
5: Yeah. Okay. I, and so and one other thing like uh, that's not being talked about a lot that's happening with the Switch, right? So the Switch is uh, as you'd imagine uh, carts are are selling at a higher rate. It's like so the physical rate on switch is higher than it is for the other platforms uh limited onboard storage plus nintendo has a history of good physical sales so like when i'm doing my forecasting for the year and i'm looking at uh physical retail sales of video games uh we had a slight increase last year for the first time since like 2008 and when you look at the dynamics of what's happening with switch you go okay not only are is gaming as an industry doing really well but now retail like physical games might grow by double digit percentage this year. Like that's insane for 2018. So like you start thinking about like the the layers of the impact that Switch is going to have, not only on the development community, the kinds of games being made, but also on the market environment itself. Like, and you realize that what Switch is doing is having no negative impact at all to mm-hmm. PS4 or Xbox mm-hmm. One. It's like all new money to the industry. Yep. Um, shoot, man! You got to be really excited uh, if you're into this kind of thing, or if you're into the health of the industry as a whole. You have to be excited and optimistic about what's going on right now.
0: When I think that this is this is kind of subverting everybody's expectations too, right? Because I mean, this is about the time in the generation when things start to wind down, uh, but it seems like things are are ramping up, which is you know you don't see very often. I want to point out one thing. Uh, both, hey, Julian, what's up, man? Um, both. Finn and Brad mentioned Pokemon in chat, like on top of each other, and I just want to I just want I, I to clarify if I think we can all agree there's a Smash game dropping this year. But if the rumors are true, and there's also that mainline Pokemon game dropping this year, holy shit! Like, I mean, that is a that is that is one hell of a one-two punch. And I so, think
3: there's I think they're translating it right now. Yeah, that was actually. the rumor.
0: That was the rumor. I saw the error thread yeah. on that that they were localized. Oh right Animal Crossing? I There's think you're going to get right. an announcement for Animal for I, I think the writing's on the wall. I think you're going to get an announcement, but I don't think it hits this year. I
3: think Animal Crossing is 2019. I
0: agree.
1: Based, based on Nintendo's, uh, for the past few years, proclivity towards debuting and announcing a game and then focusing their entire E3 show on that game, I really think Pokemon will be that game this year, and then it'll be a holiday. That's a
2: possibility, tomorrow. yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. It's It's an event. Pokemon's an event. The first console Pokemon game? Like, the first real? Real, Yeah, this is the first
0: console Pokemon. Like, imagine... I'll tell you right now, if Pokemon launches this year, Metroid Prime 4 and Animal Crossing are next year. But if it doesn't, if we don't get confirmation of Pokemon at E3, I think either Animal Crossing or Metroid Prime 4 hits in December. That's
5: what I think. Good. I mean, I think what they're going to do and what they always do, what they're doing they do such a good job of that Nintendo is um, aligning their release slate to really maximize the market opportunity. So if like, say for example, if they do a smash, right, and I have no idea if they will or not, but if they do one and it really hits, you know, then then maybe that plan changes a little bit about what's coming after, right? So they're, they're really good at maximizing uh, what they're putting out there. So I imagine that um, they're going to be able to adapt to whatever happens. So it's it's just going to be really fun to watch. But that slate of IP like the new stuff, plus they have all the Wii U stuff they can bring and it's like new. I mean, what a what a nice like pseudo benefit of the Wii U being what it was is like now you have all these games that no one's really played and you can bring those yeah. out anytime you want. Like well, wow, Wonderful
2: 101 win. Oh my god, oh, yeah, dude, I would
5: right. love that port. I would love that port. I think
0: on I think I I think the most likely ports this year now that we know about Tropical Freeze, I think you're going to see Wind Waker HD, and I think you're going to see Twilight Princess HD. I think those Wind, are a Wind Waker HD, 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 HD Deluxe, HD DX. Um, I think Wind you're going Waker to see 4K. that. I 100% agree with Brandon that Wonderful 101 is going to be ported. I think that's no. A no, no
2: I don't think it will be. I think it no, will it, be, dude. It, 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 def- be it definitely
0: will not be ported.
3: I think about
4: yeah, uh, Kirby Battle
0: Royale. <laughs> no,
2: just like no, no. <laughs> that's actually something i didn't know i
0: wanted i'm it's, in that i'm into that it's a shitty 3ds game it's not very good um and uh we, we should also point out briefly that it sounds like ps4 is going to have a strong year as well um with uh you know you got God a war now we you know detroit is coming out on may 25th but unfortunately that's dark souls day so sorry and um I gotta gotta stick with what I know Uh, Spider-Man is ostensibly getting a release date this year I don't know if the year is going to be as strong for Xbox but we also don't know a whole lot about what they have coming out aside from Sea of Thieves which I think is which I'm a lot more bullish on than I used to be and, I, I uh, think
3: Xbox this year is gonna be very interesting to like look yeah. at since they're really pushing towards like the the services this year. Like I feel it's like, like the first year we're like, hey, we're going all in on the services. So I, I think this like is Xbox gonna be the make or break gonna...
0: year for for Game Pass. I think if Game Pass is a home run, yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, I feel I feel like I don't know. Like I don't really look at numbers, but like I feel like looking at Xbox numbers this year is gonna be like different than it's been like previous years, just because you'll probably have more people adopt into the Game Pass service rather than like buying the games outright new.
4: I agree with that. I mean there's probably quite a few of us just for this broadcast that are gonna hop on the Game Pass just because it's such a great deal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean it's like
3: it's ten dollars for you a month. Get of Thieves. I mean honestly that is that is what
4: will drive me to buy an Xbox this
0: year, is that right there. Yep.
3: Yeah, yeah I mean, and like I, I've had Game Pass for a couple of months and like I enjoyed it. I was able to try out some games I wanted to try out and see if I liked them or not.
2: Don't you mean another Xbox?
0: Uh, yes, another Xbox, yeah. Yeah, I sold my first one because I never. It. <laughs> um, but uh, we've actually got a question in chat from uh, Midi. Um, she wants to know the chances of Xenoblade Chronicles being ported to Switch. Zero. Oh
4: please,
0: zero. But I do think there's a high chance of Xenoblade Chronicles X being ported. I think that is a that is a far more likely. Yeah, that, that seems likely. Xenoblade X
2: which is sad no, because
4: i i haven't played x but i want the first one so bad just because like i want it portably but not in like too
2: bad you're only getting it on 3ds yeah,
4: 27p <laughs> i tried so hard man dude i tried so hard to play it on
0: 3ds but it was so ugly i couldn't get paid. like and i'm not a graphics whore at all but
4: i mean so whenever whenever i started started playing it on on the new nintendo 3ds xl it was you know i was in the it was fine camp I played a couple of Switch games since then, and I tried to go back to that, like right after Breath of the Wild, and it wasn't happening. But it's it, not, it's it, not it, fun. Speaking it, uh, of speaking
0: of rough. speaking of playing stuff, let's let's uh, let before we talk about um, our first topic, which I we got two really cool topics tonight for you guys. Uh, let's dive quickly into what we've been playing this week. Um, what? And, how, uh, how
3: long should each person get? Like how many minutes?
0: Uh, like three. So if you, so I know that Brandon 13. has played nothing but uh, Overwatch. This is true. So I doubt Brandon will even say anything. Okay, um, well,
4: I want to hear about the new, the new, um, the new, new hero,
0: Bridget. She's not out yet. She's only out on Brigitte. the.
2: Uh, it's Brigitte. It's
0: Brigitta. Brigitta. Oh, really? I thought it was Bridget. Yeah. Uh, Bri- Brigitta. She, she was. She
2: was named by uh, Reinhardt, the German guy. So she, he gave her a German name. That's ah, okay, it. that
0: makes sense. Cool. I thought she was she's Swedish so.
2: Yeah, she's the daughter of Torbjorn, so she is Swedish. But she was named by a German guy. Okay, that's all it. right. The, the deepest How? lore. No, how does that work? Like,
4: why? Oh, because
2: was... uh, Reinhardt, it went, like, earlier when Overwatch was still a thing, uh, I guess Reinhardt saved Torbjorn's life in some mission. So, it like, Torbjorn let him name... His dog. I that's
4: want it. you to like spend an entire podcast telling me the story, the story of Overwatch story from the very start all the way to the to what we know now. I haven't I need read the, all. I need, like, I, 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 I have read all the comics. I've only seen the videos. I would see.
2: actually. I would actually. I, I need.
3: To I need to the. L- I need the links to all the good Overwatch fan art that you have saved
2: on your book. I books. do not <laughs> have any Overwatch fan art. However, oh. there is a good thread on Era. <laughs>
0: I'll tell you what though. Bri- um I'm just calling you Bridget because that's too much bullshit. Bridget's character design is dope. By the way, Blizzard yeah, does the best character design.
2: Like a little bit like Reinhardt. Well, she's Reinhardt's squire. Yeah. So she she follows him around and It's so I good.
4: I saw like a little clip of of her gameplay and she looks really fun. like a speedier Reinhardt. Guy.
2: Yeah, she's like she's a tanky support, so she she's she heals the team but she also kind of runs in with the... She's like the paladin from Diablo. So she's got a shield. Yeah, it's that's kind exactly it's like, what
0: she reminds me of, yep.
2: Yeah, it's 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 like Reinhardt's shield, but it's only big enough to cover her. Uh and then she has a flail. So she just runs in with her shield and just bashes people with her flail. And uh every every time she hits someone with the flail she heals her team a little bit. Stuff like that's basically it. She provides the team armor like Torbjorn.
0: Alright, why don't we um why don't we jump into what we've been playing? Um Let's just we... do three minutes so yeah, we can get to yeah. the topics. Yep, yep, right. let, yep, let's just do three minutes. Uh JT, why don't you start, man? I know you were excited about what you wanted to talk about.
4: Ooh, I play way too much. So I'm only gonna talk about two. Um and they are kind of obscure. One came out recently and the other ones just came out a couple weeks ago. So first one I will talk about is Into the Breach by mm, the maker oh, of yeah, FTL. Good. Yeah. And I bought it based purely on the hype of the FTL, like like probably most people will and, and have. But, um, you know, my first reaction Coming into this game, it, it was it's an isometric like tactics uh, strategy game, turn based. I'm like, okay, you know, this this will be fine. And you know, it, it a lot of people were saying, oh, it just blows FTL out of the water. And I'm like, they're to- two totally different games. Um, you know, whatever. And then I got deeper into it, and it really does. It takes out the randomness that I didn't like about FTL. I mean, you still have some random elements with um, you know, like you you can pick up uh, or you can recover crashed spaceships on your missions, and uh, that gives you, like, a random pilot or something. So um, the basic gist is you're, like, a, it's a tactics game. You have pilots, you have mechs, and the pilots level up um, based on the XP you get from killing your enemies, and then the mechs level up based on, like, orbs that you get from picking up on on the, on the battlefield. And the way the gameplay works is it's like... A, a mecha chess game, where so you know good. all the you know all the attacks that are going to happen beforehand. You can plan out your strategy. You can undo certain moves, like moving. But once you like press attack with one certain character, like he's locked in to do that. And so it gets very interesting because you can push people, and um, you know, like you have ranged. Units and and close up brawlers and it's it's very like it's way more cerebral of a game than I was thinking coming into it, so it's very interesting. If if that if anything I just said sounds appealing to you, yes, it does. Um, I will
0: port beg for that on Switch, like
4: nobody's business. It's oh. it's very good. It's very good. Um, and then the second game, since real quick, is um, Metal Gear Survive, and I know. Oh. Maddie has a review of that coming out pretty soon. Um, which is, it, is, is that as bad as everyone says? It's awesome. I'm having so much fun with it. Oh, Wait, shit.
2: what? All yeah. you do is poke zombies with a stick. No, no, <laughs> no. I
4: think, think maddie has my... been having to blast of it too. It's it's so like, I mean, it's way deeper than I ever imagined. Like, like I, I came in pretty blind, but they also didn't market the whole single player aspect of it. I thought it was just like a co-op horde mode uh melee slash ding, shooter ding, ding. thing ding, but ding, no ding, it's totally ding, ding, it's way cool um i'll talk about it more next week
1: all right
0: all right what do we uh what do we move on to Matt? no matt i guess the question is have you had time to
5: play anything oh man i've been sitting on airplanes so much that like i've been playing the hell out of zelda my man. uh i'm on my second divine beast I started it uh maybe like four flights ago this is pretty good I have been a blast with that. I mean, everyone's talked about it forever game of the year, um, but also been playing into the breach. And I love that game. That game is sneaky, sophisticated. It looks very simple. When you look down at it, it's an eight by eight grid. You have three mechs. Like this should be a very simple game, but it's deceitfully just really challenging and strategic. It's like a, a chess game uh, with mech, which is pretty great. So I'm, Really getting into that, uh, it's just like FTL in a lot of ways, too, where you know your run falls apart really fast. Uh, you come back to it over and over again, just trying to improve your run. Um, there's even ways where, like, if your crew wipes out, you get to save one of your characters, continue I love on. That part. You even have some progression along with it, and you kind of like develop your weird XCOM love for some of your characters so uh yeah i'm having a blast into the breach it it will be a perfect ipad game it'll be a perfect switch game um so yeah like you john i'll I'll buy it there too um but really having a blast with it i'll be stunned if it doesn't end up on switch at some point
0: i'll be really surprised um it has to all right uh awesome dude that's awesome thank you um uh jay why don't you go ahead and go next
3: all right, I'm going to go next, but for I am I'm already going to let the timer start rolling, but um since no one gave me a shout out yet, um I launched Appeals Court this past Sunday. It's mm. a brand new show with an SD, SDGC. It's um Yeah, um it, it's it's cool, I think. Um it's short. It's our pilot episode. It was Jeff Sack and I doing it. Good friend Matthew um Lee Cawthran doing the music for it. It format. is pre-recorded.
0: I love the format.
3: Yeah, uh, it's really cool, and we've already gotten some really good feedback on it. It's available on our YouTube, or oh, no, on the SDGC YouTube, or SoundCloud, or iTunes, and it's available through our SS as well. Um, so yeah, you guys should check it out. Um, all right, I am done self-promoting here. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, 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 haven't really, I have not really been playing too much this week besides Steep, but I so there's a PSN sale going on right now, and it like I was thinking about buying um what remains of an Ed, Edith Finch? Is that what's called? Edith. What? Edith Finch. Do you say Edith? Edith. Edith. Yeah, Edith. I don't know. I'm, it's, <laughs> it's Edith. It's been a long Edith. It could be
4: pronounced Edith. <laughs>
3: Edith. Edith. My bad. It It's been, it's been a long day. time. But um, it was either between that and Nidhogg Two, and I bought Nidhogg Two, and oh. I'm really glad that I did oh. because I am absolutely in love with Nidhogg Two.
0: I can't get over the visual style. I just can't. It, Some people the visual, love
5: it. The
3: visual, the visual style is great. Like I love, I love how gross it is. Like it reminds, like <laughs> if like 1 one supposed to be like more like an eight bit game. Like I yeah. feel like two like takes like this like the you know Super Nintendo look yeah. of like video games, but also it's like the cartoons of like the nineties and like how how it reminds like, me
1: I, of Clay Fighter.
3: Yeah, like I, I yeah, like I don't know. I, I just yeah, really love I it.
1: I can see
3: that. Oh. The, Ooh, I, I'm I'm reading the chat right now, and um, I didn't know there's a new DJ Max game coming out next week. So I
0: I'm I am not gonna lie, I barely know what that is.
3: DJ Max is the um is a rhythm game. It's made it's made like in Korea, and like it's basically like K-pop and like Japanese like rap or Korean rap and whatnot. It's really good. It's, um, you tap dip, the dip,
4: buttons yeah. that come down the screen, and you okay. Have to, so yeah, it's not for me, training. so I can safely pass that.
3: Yeah. Um. But yeah, so, I, really broad, right, Nid, I, right. I really love I I really love too. I. Like, I, I, it approves on like what the, what made the first one great, but it also adds on to it. And I think the soundtrack for it is, um, is excellent. Um, I might have to buy the final for it because it's really good. Awesome, dude. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I've been playing Steep because, you know, we're a Ubisoft sponsored,
0: you know, podcast. We, yeah. Thank you, Marcel. <laughs> yeah. Um, Steep is a, an extreme
3: sports action game that is somehow tied into the Rabbit Some universe. If you didn't know about that, um, I'm maxed out and like I'm like level thirty, which is like the highest level you get into the game. I have spent three days of game time in the game, so yeah, it's a good yeah. game. It's, it's a it's, it's good game, game. and my time up is
0: up. I also want to bounce off of um, Jay's uh, Ubisoft shilling and point out that Marcel is going to be back on the show very, very soon um, for even nice. more Ubisoft shilling um we'll pass Brandon because Brandon unless you've played something other than Overwatch no I'm good okay I there talked you about go. Brigitte there you go Brigitte you mean Bridget um <laughs> so Finn I want to move on to you and why don't you start off by dropping the news about the nerd
1: cast right so the show I I got my start on and the show I still continue every Wednesday the show if you don't know That birthed Saki for the first time. Saki blast! Um, Wednesdays at nine. Uh, we focus on gaming and comics, which is something that SDGC doesn't have a a foothold in. Comics, notably, Uh, we have joined forces and uh, formed the Saki Cinematic Universe of podcasts. So the Nola Nerdcast and the SDGC are now uh, lovers as you were caressing each other through the Mm, night. That sounds sexy. It's good stuff. It's fun. I mean, it's business as usual, but we get the benefit of merging with the good guys. And now SDGC gets some comic experts to pair up with our movie guy, Jeff, for with us for popcorn and our veritable stable of gaming guys so it'll be it'll be fun. It's it's uh, we're we're expanding the brand by acquisitions. They're, they're
4: also, gonna, I'm, I'm going to be starting an SDGC book club soon. So that's, that, yeah, uh, got a I'm going to be starting.
3: I'm going to be starting a hentai club soon.
4: Oh <laughs> shit!
0: <laughs> I'm going to be starting a gardening club. If if any of you guys are interested, SDGC
1: gardening is going to be great. A fight. I just can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> that was finer
0: than it had any right
1: to be. Uh, yeah, but our yet... fight
3: clubs our fight our fight club's only going to stream on mixer, so none, none of you can find us.
0: <laughs> Sam <laughs> Oh it, Sam.
1: Uh, yes, Mixer burn.
0: Damn. Sam uh, Sam in chat says dread it, run from it, Saki still arrives. <laughs> <laughs> I understood that reference. That was great. Um uh but anyway, so yeah, uh, and they're gonna get a dope new logo like Appeals Court and Poss for Popcorn and it's gonna be great. So Finn, we are very happy to have uh uh the, the Saki cinematic universe uh completed. We should just rename the Sock- we should rename the entire channel SCU. Um but no I'm just kidding. We <laughs> should we should not do that. Uh but Finn, why don't you go ahead and finish and uh finish up and talk about what you've been playing
1: this week? Uh, this week, I've been uh, jumping into Assassin's Creed Origins. That's a shame. I'm loving it. I'm loving the <laughs> hell out of it. Dude. Just kidding. I know some people dislike the fact that you had to do a bunch of side quests to progress the main story. And I was not but a fan of that at all. 100% all open world games, like an OCD obsession, um, it's not an issue for me. I, I've cleared every map I've touched so far. And I'm progressing with no hurdles. I'm, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Saki's playing with me. We're watching and enjoying the story together. Uh, and I got to say, on a base PS4, which is what I'm playing it on, uh, still stunning. And I it makes my mind blown just thinking what the Xbox One X can do for it. it a really good Even on a base player. PS4, it's, 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 it has given me no cause for alarm. So, I'm, I'm enjoying the hell out of it so far. I'm trying to get through it in time for the onslaught of games this month. I've got Sea of Thieves, Far Cry 5, and Nino Kuni 2 on my docket. Ooh, so, no we'll see how that goes.
5: Oh, I can't wait for
1: that.
3: All All right. Right. No was
5: Gentlemen, you boy. know when you're getting old? Let me tell you when you're getting old. When you turn on AC Origins and you can't read the text on the TV. Aww. Oh, no, that is legit. I have actually
1: stood up Walked closer to my TV so I could read the map. I, oh, God. I could enlarge the icons. <laughs> there, you should put that Man, strained, they strained my eyes trying to read them. It's, it's, it's. I'm with you, Matt. You are not alone. It reminds me of Dead Rising on the three. Yeah, on an, on an before, SD TV. Yeah, exactly. It was. Th- it's that level of difficult to read.
0: I thought. Oh, thank God! I thought Matt was going to say, "You know, you're getting old when you play AC Origins and you remember what life was like back in ancient Egypt." Like, <laughs> I, I, I thought that's where you were going with that. Oh, so. awesome, Finn! Yeah, your, t- yeah. your, your
3: your time's up. I just didn't do the bell thing.
0: No, it's cool. Move on. Okay, well, I'll wrap it up and then we'll move cool. into our first topic. Uh, so I can tell you what I've not been playing this week was Chrono Trigger on PC because it's a shitty, shitty port. And because you
3: should be because you should be playing Chrono Cross on your PlayStation no we're not starting this
0: no we're not we're not going down this road Square Enix fix your fucking shit and stop disrespecting all your classic games this is fucking ridiculous it looks awful it looks terrible it looks
2: like yeah. they put the worst emulation filter humanly possible on it
0: and they didn't even bother removing the, 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 the touchscreen prompts because it's, it's the mobile version they're still there. And I like, have,
2: like, I have the mobile version. That actually looks better than this PC version. On... Like, like Like, the thing is, is,
3: like, you know, they've poured like, the mobile ports, like, Final Fantasy 9 to Steam and whatnot, but they actually, like, put effort into it to, like, remove the mobile, like... Well, buttons. I saw that,
2: like, even on it for this PC version, they even, like, redrew some sprites and yeah. stuff, but they look they don't look well, good. Well, did you
0: see, like, even uh, some of the some of the square tiles don't match up. Like, it, like yeah. it, it's it's unbelievable how badly they fuck this up um and it just tells me that they have no respect for their classic games whatsoever um so i've given up any hope of a decent chrono trigger or final fantasy 6 or final fantasy 4 port i I just the hype
3: for it it. like like how much how much time there was for on like twitter and everything and like how like seem like seem like how fast it crashed within a matter of like an hour
2: hour. (laughs) i remember waking up and i i you know i was looking at my phone in bed and i see like oh hey chrono trigger port and everyone's all excited and then I eat breakfast, drink my coffee, and I look back and, like, suddenly everything's on fire.
0: Everything's everything's bad, yeah. Um, the other two things, I've been playing nothing, almost nothing but Fire Emblem Awakening this week. I never played the Fire Emblem, like, like, one of the few JRPGs I would never played. It was more of a strategy game. But I am in love with Fire Emblem Awakening. This is my new bullshit. Uh, I've already put, I don't even know how many time into it. And it's all I'm going to play all weekend because Fire Emblem uh, Awakening is a fucking amazing game. After this, I think I'm going to jump into Shadows of Valencia and then I'm going to move on to Fire Awakening or a Fire Awakening Jesus, uh, Fire Emblem uh, Fates uh, or Conquest. I'm not sure which one. Um, And I also... John, who's
3: your waifu in Fire Emblem?
0: Ooh. uh,
3: This is is very important for the hentai club.
0: Okay, so I don't want to let the hentai club down. Oh, my Uh, God. (laughs) Uh by the way, I do not endorse the Hentai Club. I just want to point that out. Or dissolve in the Hentai Club. Um, now. So far I gotta say Marth. Shout out to Fatal
2: Orient chat.
0: Marth. I like Marth. Marth. Marth is dope.
4: Okay, your answer wasn't Tharja, so you're fired.
1: <laughs> and I also
4: Don't you mean
1: Don't you mean thic-ja?
0: Thic-ja, Jesus. This is yeah. Alright, this is getting off the rails quickly um and i have also actually right before we got on right before we did the podcast i played the kirby star allies demo uh created a european uh eShop account downloaded that it is phenomenal fan- it's beautiful oh it's such a good yes game. it is a gorgeous fucking game and i don't even mind like everybody's saying oh but it's only 30 frames a second it looks great it plays great it runs great um ding 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 ding, ding. i want to say one more thing real quick The only thing I don't like about this Kirby Star Allies demo is that every time you walk in a door, you get a loading screen. I'm not really a fan of that. Um, But aside from that, the game is fucking phenomenal. I'll be there day one.
3: It's called technology, John. Sometimes you have to deal with it.
0: (laughs) Well, speaking of technology uh, and dealing with things, I don't know where I was going with that. I'm not going anywhere with that. Um, Yeah, you're not
3: going anywhere with that.
0: I'm not. Let's jump into our first topic of the night. Um, Well, we got two. And I will allow you guys to pick which one we do first. Uh, So the topics we have for you guys tonight uh, are... uh, Oh, JT, are you leaving? Yeah, I got a dip. You got a dip? Okay, buddy. Peace out. Don't drink too much. Have fun. Don't drink and drive.
4: I like turtles. Just leave.
0: Um, So the two topics we have for you guys tonight are topic number one. Uh, atmosphere in games and how it lends to narrative things like narrative and gameplay and the story and also old franchises we would like to see resurrected uh so i will let the group decide which one uh, you want to tackle first atmosphere or old franchises Ooh, what do you think um... what if, what if we have a game that hits both you can talk about both I'm making an executive decision guys what do you think you wanna do atmosphere first?
3: let's just do atmosphere first okay yeah sure All right.
0: so atmosphere in games um and we're not just talking about uh the story in the game uh we're talking about the 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 art direction the um the you know the level design uh everything about any particular area in the game that lends itself to a better narrative a better story um and uh, and and how uh, atmosphere in a game can either make or break it. I and I truly believe that a game with great gameplay and a poor atmosphere, uh, I'd rather play a game with an amazing atmosphere and so so gameplay. That's that that's just me personally. But I'm also a huge fan of uh, narrative uh, narrative heavy games. And I will say that right off the bat, that I think a great example of how atmosphere lends itself to making a better game is. You guys are. This is probably what you expected, but Dark Souls, um, and Bloodborne, uh, and Demon yeah. Souls. Oppression. The, yeah. Yes. It, that's a great word. Um, the The atmosphere in all of those games is nothing short of. It is you, against the world, and when you first walk out, a great example. Is in uh, Dark Souls, for example, when you wake up in the um, in the uh, Undead Asylum, and uh, you know the bird, you know the raven carries you off to the Firelink Shrine, and then you go to the Undead Berg, and there is nothing alive except for uh, you know the rest of the undead who want to kill you, and you you start thinking to yourself, what happened to this world? Um, where is everybody gone? Why is everything trying to kill me? I have no idea what's happening, but it's all it's it's beautiful. It's and and when you go through. And you start piecing the story together, um, just from things you find lying around. And it's and when I'm talking atmosphere in Dark Souls, I'm even talking about item descriptions. Uh, everything in that game, there is nothing in that game that does not have a purpose. Whether it's the description on a weapon, I mean, there are weapons that have, there are weapons that have more lore. Than the entirety of some games in Dark Souls, and it's the same thing in Bloodborne. When you wake up on that table and you walk out into Yarnum, and everybody in the city, everybody in the city is turned into a beast, and they're trying to kill you, and you have absolutely fuck all idea of what's going on. Um, and then you're climbing up that ladder. You're cl- the very early in the game. You're climbing up a ladder in Yarnum, and you hear what you find out later is the cleric beast, and it screams at the top of his lungs, and it sounds like something that is. Dying underwater, is this gargling, gurgling scream that echoes throughout the whole city, and I remember stopping on the ladders I was climbing up and thinking, what the fuck was that? And that and and the the oppressive nature of that game. Without it, I don't think Bloodborne would have affected me as much. I don't think the story. Once you piece together what actually happened in Yharnam, I don't think the story. Or, and even the gameplay would have had the effect on me that it did, had the atmosphere not been so terrifying and oppressive and and just downright evil. I mean, the atmosphere in that game is just evil. There is there is a sense of malice in almost everything in Bloodborne. Even the and 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 in Dark Souls and Bloodborne both. Even the NPCs are creepy. Yeah, the NPCs you talk to. Yeah, they're creepy as hell. You'll talk to them. And and... Also,
2: like uh, in, in Dark Souls, you have who's that one guy that uh, I don't remember his name, but there's that one NPC you talk to twice, and then like you have to like get something for him, and then you like you free him from a cell, and he ends up killing one of the other NPCs. Oh,
0: that's uh, Lautrec.
2: Yep, yep, that guy.
0: Yep, Lautrec, and it's right. I, yeah, I, yeah, it's it's, it's it's that's how much I People love Dark like Souls. Him. You can mention like, You, just, you can't
2: trust anyone. Well, and uh, well, out yeah. to, to you know get. Well, something. and
0: like NPCs will turn hollow. And and hunt you down later in the game. The Crestfallen Warrior, in the um, in the Firelink Shrine. If you talk to him too much, he'll completely give up on life. And when you reach an area called uh um or, or uh, Old Londo, he will run out of the darkness and he's now gone hollow and he'll try to kill you. Um and there's no way to take that back. Like there are there's no way to erase your decisions, in Dark Souls or Bloodborne. You can't reload it. You know you, you can't reload an old save unless you've uploaded something to the cloud. You can't do it. What what's done is done which again just adds to the oppressive nature of the thing so i've talked too long so i'll pass it off to somebody else but
2: yeah um i i have two games i want to talk about yeah dude, uh, first please. one would be, i mean you can't i feel like you can't talk about a atmosphere in games without mentioning St- the stalker series oh that's a good about one. A, about a decade ago uh you know call of pripyat and shadow of chernobyl especially and, and like and then they you know they it's not just the monster it's not just like the you know the mutated radioactive monsters it's the the atmosphere literal the literal atmosphere is trying to kill you like you have all the like the crazy radiation storms and shit oh that's a good point I like, so like, that. like that feels completely hostile even down to like even the even nature is trying to kill you
0: what about um so like how do you feel that the atmosphere in something like stalker lends itself to the story do you think that
2: I don't really know the story. I never played too much of them.
0: Okay,
2: I'm not an expert on them, but I certainly you know, know the atmosphere of them. You don't have to play much to, to you get your ass kicked pretty quickly in that game. It looks you learn like to fear of the environment.
5: It looks like it, it looks like uh, Matt Piscatello wants to jump in and say something. <laughs> well, no that that game is fantastic because it does make you feel that you're out in this irradiated wilderness and that you're just some some Russian dude trying to figure it all out. I mean that game does a fantastic job, a lot like the Metro games do. I was just thinking that, of, yeah. Yeah, of delivering that kind of time and place. And the original uh,
2: Fallout's,
5: Yeah, exactly. Whole,
2: that, that whole genre, yeah.
5: Yeah, it's oppressive in a, in a different way than the Souls games, perhaps, but its own yeah. kind of modern take on that oppressive nature. Um, the one I was going to mention, too, talk about oppressive environments, uh, System Shock 2. I don't know if oh. any of you guys have played. this. Oh, no, so no I have. One. Shodan yeah. is one of my favorite characters in any game. There you go. Nineteen ninety nine. Uh, the very like the first real appearance of a uh, of an evil that is manifested not only in the character or the like the uh, the character Shodan, but in everything in the uh, environments you're going through. You're living. You're, you're walking through like a living representation of this evil. Uh, and the the sound uh, the way the lighting works i mean for a 1999 game to deliver that kind of oppression in its own way uh, i think also fit that very well of delivering that story and the
2: the other game i want to talk about is uh, and it's sort of it's it's cheating a little bit but the uh, westwood's blade runner adventure game plain oh, yes! shit and yeah nice. they, and like you must give credit to westwood for perfectly recreating the atmosphere yep. of the film in, in like a way that just makes you feel like you are in that version of Los Angeles. Didn't I
3: Finn play the game before he saw the movie? I did. Yes. Oh, you yeah. did? Yeah, okay. Oh, it was be- both of I us. Yeah.
2: Oh, okay, cool. I, My grandfather got me the Blade Runner game as a Christmas mm-hmm. present in like '98 or something like that, and I I didn't watch the movie until like 2002 or something. Yeah, it's I never like watched my I
3: never like seen my dad play it when I was like four or five, and then I yeah. watched the Oh, it was such such on. a good game, such yeah, a good game. Had, yeah.
2: Like random had random elements. Uh, who the replicants would be? So you, like each playthrough, there would be different different NPCs would be replicants or humans. That's
0: so fucking cool. God,
5: I forgot yeah. all about that game. Too so you would like, have, to, have to issue nowadays. the white
2: comp test to figure that shit out. It's pretty cool. Super
5: good That's game. It- does, uh, does that game hold up now? Like, I've never played it oh, before. Yeah. Is it on I, I would imagine yeah, it would. 100%
1: does. Uh, yeah, I would imagine it would. It's almost impossible to actually play
2: now? Uh, that's the hard part. It's it was an part. old you,
1: MS-DOS game?
2: No, it's, it was a Windows game, but it's not available on any digital platform, so you have to actually have the CDs uh, like from eBay. I actually still have the CDs in my room. So right? do I. You have to get them on eBay or some shit.
1: Like... It I, I kind of want to ship him out to mat so he can experience it. The game yeah, is
2: sublime. It, it's a, cl- I, it's possibly the best point and click an adventure game. It's I, up there. I play awesome. it
1: every other year, like replay it. It's it's It's, it's like a
2: it's a, t- it's a it's a guaranteed top five. It's yeah. up there. Yeah. And also, they couldn't wow. license the original film soundtrack, so the composer, I think, what's his name, Frank Klepacki, yeah. who yeah. also did like the Command and Conquer soundtracks and all that, uh, he had to recreate the soundtrack. And he, like, he did an incredible job as well in recreating the atmosphere of the soundtrack. And, and it was an really aspect, authentic.
1: And it's the last thing I'll say about it. An underrated aspect of it is it doesn't rehash the events of the movie. Yeah, Your it's a completely movie, original story. It just happens concurrently with what Deckard is doing during Blade Runner. So you'll go to same, some of the same locations and interact with some of the same people, but it'll be at different times than when uh, Harrison Ford's character
5: does.
0: Yeah, Matt, if you've ever played point-and-click adventure games like King's Quest or Quest for Glory, like those are some of the best. This is right up there.
5: It's, oh, wow. it's right up there, yeah. It even has
2: a little bit of shooting and stuff. Like, there's some action to it. Yeah, it's an excellent game.
5: I love Blade Runner, and I've never played it. That's, that's oh, Well, if you, well, if you love oh, the film, yeah, you're it, it's
2: idea. a must-play. You, Absolutely
0: a must-play. You want to talk about atmosphere in a game. Uh, Blade Runner does it really well. Um, and before we move, on, I want to go, I want to go to Jane next, but real quick, I also I want to throw a shout out to Bioshock as well. If if, if you want to talk about just an incredible atmosphere, um, you know the, the ruins, and I'm talking about by, like the first one, the ruins of Rapture, uh, and seeing what you know, like going through the halls and seeing, or like you know, looking at the posters of the plasmids and imagining what life in in Rapture was like through those tape decks that you find. Um, just really, really hit home for me. And I found myself wishing that I could that I could experience Rapture as it was before it fell, before the fight between Andrew Ryan and Frank Fontaine. Um, so, yeah, Bioshock is another one that's right up there for me uh, with Dark Souls as, as, as far as just an, an, an oppressive atmosphere that that is the, 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 the entire crux of the game, in my opinion. More important than gameplay, because, I mean, the first-person gameplay in Bioshock, let's face it, is not great. Uh, it wasn't great when it came out, and it doesn't hold yeah. up well. Um, but I the... mean, you
2: think it came out the same year as, like, Call of Duty or... Yeah, Rises exactly. Or like other, like, exceptional...
0: First exactly. And I just noticed in chat that MIDI has not played Bioshock yet. Correct yourself. Or Halo 3. Correct I, I haven't either, so... Oh, Jay, you need to correct yourself as well. And speaking of Jay, Jay, why don't you get, talk about some atmospheric games for you, man?
3: Um, I, first off i want to give a shout out to the to the um yakuza series I don't want to talk about any more yakuza because I feel like I talk about it on here every week <laughs> for like 10 minutes
2: I, I've seen a lot of people talking about yakuza a lot recently yeah, so so. A lot. yeah um
3: yeah I like like all i'm gonna say is like if you have ever wanted to go to to um Japan but you're too broke broke to go to japan you should just buy a yakuza game because it's the experience is right there like you can just like walk through the streets and like go get ramen and go to the arcade that's pretty dope and then Yeah, it's fun, Um, but I don't know. I think I think my favorite game, like the atmosphere in a game, is probably Final Fantasy VIII. I know that's an interesting choice. Final Fantasy VIII, like, uh, like I don't like that game. First off, I want to say that like I don't really care for Final Fantasies aesthetically until Final Fantasy 6. Like I just I'm not really a huge fan of the whole fantasy like high fantasy thing. Like I like having like the steampunk and like modern modern like elements into my Final Fantasy games. And I feel like 8 like has like it's like perfect for me because it's like it's not really present day but it has all like present day elements in it and for anyone who hasn't played Final Fantasy 8 and you know a lot of people talk about Final Fantasy 8 is um you know, you're playing like a group of high schoolers, but they're also like merchants, you know, you know, like, they're, like not, not merchants. They're like mercenaries. You know, they're, yeah. Mercenaries they are like hard guns. You know? But like, um, you know, our good friend Anthony from the Coutinho podcast and I, we were talking about this a little like a while back. He wrote he wrote an article about Final Fantasy VIII and um, about how it nails the high school atmosphere perfectly in a game. You have you have JRPGs like Persona, like the Persona series, and like people think those are like the perfect, you know, like high school like games. But like I feel like Final Fantasy VIII like captures that whole high school feeling more. It's, it's awkward and like these characters still really don't know what they want. And I mean like you know like the first like part of the game is basically played in a school that you spoilers it it flies away eventually and it becomes your airship but like i just want to put um, i I mean
0: i don't i don't think think there's i I don't think spoilers on a what 20 year old game yeah don't worry about that man yeah it's
3: like it's like 19 years old now yeah i know that's
0: Um, depressing yeah
3: yeah um but i don't know like i feel like final fantasy Fantasy eight just nails it like I, i don't know just it feels like you're it feels like a final fantasy game that like you're playing that could be like set in like today like i don't know, like the city's like look like i don't know like I think that's why i like final fantasy 15 so much because i think final fantasy 15 is the first final fantasy for me like since eight that's like kind of you know kept like the oh let's have a like final fantasy game set in like in the present day but let's also have some fantasy elements into it
0: but it also really nails that road trip vibe doesn't it
3: yeah no it does and like i mean not that eight has a road trip five but like you know kind of has like, this, like oh we're going we're traveling across the yeah. world so we can like complete these missions and whatnot um also the soundtrack kicks ass in final fantasy 8 it's probably the best
0: Mm, i'm not gonna gonna agree with you there but it does have a great soundtrack i'm not gonna lie it has a great soundtrack i
3: wish i could buy the final for it but it's like it's really expensive
0: awesome Um, dope dude yeah so
3: Um, final fantasy 8 um it does not have a um it does not have a shitty mobile port so you should buy on steam
0: i am actually really surprised we have not gotten a remaster of that yet We've got seven, we got nine, but no eight. So I am I. That genuinely surprises me. Um, Finn, uh, what is what is an example of a game for you where the atmosphere is the absolute most important thing, and is is, is kind of the kind of the um, kind of the thing that ties the whole thing ties the whole game together?
1: I'm going to take only half my time. Asaki has her own that she was really adamant about? Oh. Mine is uh, mine is Journey. Ooh, a game where the atmosphere well done. is pretty much 100% of the experience. Everything about Journey is derived from the atmosphere That's and how the choice. game is presented. So, uh, I mean, what uh, I really don't have much else to say about Journey. I think by now we all know that what the game's about and what the atmosphere. Sand about. surfing. It, it,
3: that, is that, that the was... game where you to like walk on the sand? Yeah, yep. and there's okay. So the I've never played the Journey, so I want to know
1: the and, way the lighting and the atmosphere yep. plays out and the transitioning of the environments from the desert to the mountaintop. Uh, man, just
0: well, and there's memorable. one. Well, there's one part of the game that Brandon just mentioned where you're surfing on the sand for the, like almost the entire level, and you're going like Brandon that part when you're. When it's side scrolling and the sun is going through the pillars, just oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, so... everyone knows
2: that. That's that's the most memorable part of the entire game. Right oh, now.
0: it's so good. Um, oh, that was a great choice. And what was what was what was Saki's choice? I'm I'm curious. It was 10-10. Hellblade. 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 Yeah. Hellblade is an excellent. Well, as you know, Saki. Hellblade was my game of the year in 2017 um so i'm
6: happy about that
0: i i can't believe i'm having this conversation um the, i uh, i i loved hellblade uh the atmosphere in hellblade uh especially since because it half of it was going on inside of her head
6: and honestly it gets to the point where I, i'm using normal voice now but it gets to the point where it's in your head, especially if you put the headphones in and you don't listen to the audio coming from the TV and the voices in her head are now in your head. And then you wonder if you're going neurotic at all and you're really in her mindset dealing with her mental illness and just the mental hell she's going through the entire game. And the whole point of it was to make it relatable.
0: Well, one of the genius things I think Hellblade did with, uh, with the the with its atmosphere and and, and yeah, half of its atmosphere was, was due to the audio and, and I thought I thought one of the brilliant things they did was and you really only get this if you're playing with a headset. Which if you're not playing Hellblade with a headset on, you're doing it wrong. Um, but you've got you've got voices constantly. You know the voices in Senwa's head are going at you, going at each other, and they they will continue to do that over narrative bits like when another character is talking to you the, vo- the voices will just go on and you won't be able to understand part of what the other character is saying and that's intentional because you know the whole point is that psychosis doesn't take a break psychosis doesn't take time off for you to understand you know a plot point from an NPC or to understand, you know, this 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 audio clue you are supposed to be getting, psychosis is there. It doesn't give a shit about you. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't waste time for you. It just goes and goes and goes. Cares nothing for your time. And and once I realized what they were doing, once I realized what that was, man, like it just as somebody who suffers with his own form of mental illness, like it just that just blew me away. Um, what a what a what a great choice. That was an excellent choice. Anything else? You want to say? Runner-up
6: is Edith Finch, too, because every single storyline in Edith Finch was different. And I think each story depends on the different visual aspect of how the kid in the bathtub dies and how the kid in the salmon factory. And each one just hits you in a different way.
0: Spoilers. I also just want to point out that uh, what reigns of Edith Finch was my runner-up for Game of the Year. So we're on the same wavelength. Can I
3: point something out really quick? Please. No none of those games appeared on our, on our top one hundred list, but you put fucking Metroid samus returns on your list on the list. It I, came I, out I, last two. I,
0: I actually Hellblade and uh Hellblade and Edith Finch were both on there for me, but they didn't make it on the list.
3: Ah, I didn't know that okay
0: they didn't make I'm list surprised because, actually this podcast is full of a bunch of scrubs. Okay, yeah, I didn't it. know that.
3: I'm sorry for calling you out in public.
0: No, <laughs> oh, dude, I'm just I time. honestly didn't know that. Like... No, no, dude, no, dude, I'm giving you a hard time. No, no, like... I, I, thought, I,
3: mean, I, thought, I thought you might have just been like, oh, like, screw those games for this list. No, like, no, no, this, this, no, this, no, this, no, this is... I mean, we're here. talking about
0: a podcast that took a classic like Final Fantasy VI and dumped it at number 43, so... Which... Well, I mean,
3: it deserved to be where it was put. Moving but, on, you know.
0: moving on. Um, I want to bring up... Uh, I want to bring up one more game that I think really just absolutely nails atmosphere not just from and and i think that i think this is another great example of the atmosphere and and especially the creatures in the game tying into the story that's silent hill 2 um because you know like and again like i i don't know are we past the are we past the point of expiration on silent hill 2 spoilers is it okay to talk about spoilers for Silent Hill Two? Yeah,
3: I mean, that game's almost two decades old. It's, it's, it's old like... enough to, I think. Where we,
0: yeah. So, so yeah. James Sunderland, the protagonist of Silent Hill Two, um, most of the creatures in the game represents a part of his psyche. Um, you know, like uh, there's a scene that it was it's one of the most infa- uh, infamous scenes in the game. But you're walking up some stairs and you see the the pyramid head, which represents. Uh, James's anger. The Pyramid Head is raping one of the other monsters, um, which represents because you know his 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 wife died and they weren't you know they weren't being intimate and that represented his sexual frustration, um, not being able to reach out and be intimate with his wife. And I once you start and then when you accept, when you accept some of the actions that you have done before you got to Silent Hill the pyramid heads that are attacking you stop and immediately disappear. They disappear because James is now at peace and has accepted the decisions that he's made. And once you find out what those creatures really represent and what Silent Hill itself represents to James, that really, really blew me away. Um, And without without that, without that connective tissue uh tying everything together I, if those creatures had just been monsters for example like a pyramid head it was just a guy walking around with a giant metal pyramid on his head and a sword trying to kill you i don't feel that that game would have had half the emotional impact on me that it did knowing that those creatures are are direct result of things that are going on inside james's head and i thought that was really powerful And it's one of the first games i played that 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 really kind of took the narrative and took it a step further like that in regards to tying the atmosphere and the protagonist together and i thought that was really bold i thought it was a really genius move it's real. why it's why i love silent hill 2 um
3: has, is that the one that has the um secret secret ending that involves the dog yes like... well,
0: well they all do but but yeah they, uh, there's okay. a secret ending in silent hill 2 where you find out that everything's being controlled by a dog uh, yeah yeah it's yeah it's good stuff Silent yeah oh, what a what a great fucking game um so Jay, do you want to uh, do you want to move on to uh dead cuz we got about 15 minutes left. Do you want to move on to uh franchises that we want to see revived?
3: Yeah, so you know, sometimes we love games and sometimes they don't sell well or the company goes broke or you know, just something happens and we don't ever get a sequel or a spin-off to games that we love. Um, so do you want me to start this off then? Yeah, yeah, go and kick it off. Okay. Um in my dreams, the yeah. game the, the game franchise I would like to be revived as steampot chronicles though we're never ever going to get another steampot chronicles game what? again so i what, um,
0: what, why do you say that what makes you say that
3: i mean you have to remember um steampot chronicles it was published by atlas but it was developed by iram and after the tsunami in 2011 iram pretty much just like stopped all of their um video game development and went back into gambling machines and I think it was recently a development company started back up, and they got the, they got the Disaster Report IP and the SteamBot Chronicle IP. I think. I'm not too positive on this on the SteamBot Chronicles IP, but I think they're making a new Disaster Report. I don't know they're making a new SteamBot Chronicles.
0: So I actually never played SteamBot Chronicles. Yeah uh what platform was it what, what, what it was it was a
3: um it was a late playstation 2 game okay um it came out in two thousand two thousand six 2006 here in america is
0: that related to the steam bots uh or to the steam uh what, what's the um the dig world or dig or uh, steam, steam world steam world yeah steam world dig is, is it in no. relation to those no okay
3: no um it got very limited release um i never realized how expensive it is to buy a complete copy of it now so i'm glad i still have my launch day copy but i love that game so um if i could see a game franchise that i love actually be revived and that i actually think could be revived it it revived it's um virtual fighter
0: Ooh, yeah um Um, shit dude i haven't played virtual fighter in god knows how long
3: we haven't seen a new virtual fighter aside from the um you know the final showdown digital release I mean digital digital only release a couple of years ago. We haven't seen like a new main virtual fighter game in like a decade now.
0: I don't think we're gonna get one either.
3: No, no, but but Yakuza six Yakuza yeah. six is coming out soon, and Virtual Fighter Five is playable like the full game in the arcade.
0: That's pretty cool.
3: So the dream the dream is still alive. D- uh i'm just i'm keeping my fingers crossed <laughs> i'm keeping my fingers crossed i'm
0: trying not to shit on you. i'm trying not to piss all over your dreams man i promise
3: i know i know i know just like i don't know it's just like i don't know. like when a video game franchise dies like dies like i i like i'm upset about it but like at the same time i'm like maybe it was, maybe like the developers can move on to like better things so, but um yeah i would just love to see a new virtual fighter
0: Matt, what about you, man? Are there are there any any old franchises that you are ninety nine percent certain we won't ever see again? But you would give your, I don't know, like two fingers for. There's two. Well, I meant the Matt. Is, I meant uh... Matt. I didn't say Finn. I said Matt. You're oh, Finn. Sorry. You're Finn. Uh... You are going to
5: go after Matt. You're going to go after Matt. Sorry, dude. Sorry, Finn. <laughs> Listen, jeez. Let, let me tell you guys about a little game I like to call 1 versus 100. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh man. Shit. From the Xbox 360 with a quiz game where you got to go up there and answer questions live. It was way ahead of its time. It was a blast. It had Doritos sometimes. It was the original Battle Royale. Uh, and goddammit, I want that to come back so bad. <laughs> I had a blast playing 1 versus 100 i thought it was actually funny and a good time i never got to be the one which still kind of pisses me off so man like i every time i see the xbox guys i'm like listen i don't care what you do get one versus 100 back and they always kind of give me like the, yeah we know we yeah, know that'd be well, great, stop wouldn't nodding it? yeah stop nodding saying you know and freaking do it man come on let's go <laughs> well, you
3: could well you could play on your phone it's called HQ.
5: That's
3: yeah. The that's, it.
5: I it's was not, just thinking about that. No, it's nowhere. <laughs> I, to I'm kidding I'm, <laughs> kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. It makes me one One, just, per- one
3: was a blast, though.
5: It was, man. I, I love that game. I would love that to come back just because it was so weird mm-hmm. and ahead of its time and and fun, man. So. You know what's interesting, Matt, I, is that uh, Sam and Chad says it
0: it would be perfect for Mixer.
5: Why not mix it up? Let's do it. That in crimson skies, and I'm a happy guy. Oh, crimson oh, yeah. skies crimson would be good.
0: Skies.
3: Yeah, I used to play one versus one hundred the CNET controllers for the um that you get for the three sixty.
5: Oh man,
3: like man, that was fun. That was such a blast.
5: That was a good time. A- anything else, Matt? No, no, I'm just no? depressed because I want to play one versus one hundred. Oh, man, so many. I want <laughs> it, to Impossible to ever do it again. Finn, what about you, dude? Now we'll move on to Finn
1: um like i said two of them shining force is one good call like the actual legit strategy rpg shining force series good i know Sega has continued some kind of bastardization of the shining series yeah it's not but shining force needs to come back i don't care if it's just them finally releasing parts two and three of shining force three that america never got i want it i deserve it we all deserve it we've been good Damn it! And the second one is Shadow Heart.
2: Oh yeah, good. You like your special. strategy games, huh?
1: Shadow. I, I I like my RPGs and I like my strategy games. And Shadow Hearts is another one that, and I, I don't know the. There's a story behind it that I always forget the details on, but there's a reason we haven't gotten them. remastered, re-released anything. There's there's something about it i just i just wish we could get another one because shadow hearts covenant remains one of the best rpgs on the ps2 the first shadow hearts is 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 a is a benchmark rpg oh and that was that was on a system that was defined by its rpgs yep oh what a what a good fucking choice man
0: i applaud you especially the shining force i always i always appreciate a love of shining force Especially
1: um, when you agree that two's better than one. No, the
0: first one is absolutely better than two.
1: Um,
3: <laughs> well, you know, vote, for, vote with your wallets and buy that spin off that's coming out in America that shows Sega that no, you see a shining force that is, game.
0: That's that not. The, that's a pretender to the throne. No. I,
3: I know. I was just joking. I
1: know.
0: Okay. We know you're joking. I just got uh, triggered. I, I'm yeah, interested. You, to, yeah, you really did. I'm interested to hear Brandon's.
2: Um, it's not very interesting. It's just SFX.
0: Oh, I'd love that though, dude. I would I mean, love yeah. an SSX. I,
2: I, so so much of my high school years were defined by like Tony Hawk and SSX, like those kind of extreme sports trick style games. Did you play and the one that came I, out for PS3? Yeah,
0: that was that was. We, a- we
2: talked a little bit about it because like when we did when we were talking about like sound mixing and dynamic yeah. music and stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean I I played it. It was okay. It it was almost good. It had a phenomenal the story soundtrack. missions really ruined it for me. Yeah. yeah it was
0: almost like good. Missions. I didn't like the story missions. Uh, but SSX Tricky is still probably one of the best snowboarding games I've For
2: seen. me SSX 3 was the Yeah, I like SSX 3 so much more than yeah, Tricky. The, the one mountain sort of thing mm-hmm. was so cool.
0: Man, I've got I've got so many games that I would love to see brought back. Um just like off the top of my head, Legacy of Kane, the Legacy of Cain series. Which um, uh, Simon it Tumplman did come
3: back as like a multiplayer. Yeah,
0: we, shoot, we, yeah game. it sort of did. It was called Nosgoth, but it wasn't. Re- it didn't have any of the characters that you know or any of the story. Oh that yeah. That. Um, but a Legacy of Kane had some of the best writing and voice acting in any game ever. Like they, those games still, have, in my opinion, have yet to be topped in terms of script or voice acting. Um, and uh, Amy Henning was involved with those games. Yep. Um and uh, Simon Templeman as as Cain uh who was the kind of you know the anti-hero of the series and then I um I can't remember the guy who played Raziel but some of just I mean just the the writing of those games and the way that they delivered those lines they really nobody phoned it in they really just were chewing scenery the whole time. Um the, it was a, it was such an interesting such an interesting world, Nosgoth. Um, I, I love the lore behind it. Uh, and after Defiance, though, it just kind of it just kind of ended. It left it it left it open at the end, uh, and you know nothing kind of you know nothing kind of came of it. And I was I was really disappointed by that. Um, the Chrono series, I think we would all love another Chrono game. We almost had one. You remember uh, when Chrono Break was um, copyrighted? Uh, by Square, uh, by SquareSoft back then. It wasn't Square Enix. It was SquareSoft back then. They copyrighted the name Co- Chrono Break, and everybody was all excited about a new Chrono game happening, and, and, and that never happened. But that was just, that's a series that desperately needs um, desperately needs another shake. And then I'll also say uh, Dead Space. Um, what a I mean it, that series literally ended. Spoilers for the end of Dead Space three. I, I think we can all get over it if you haven't played it. That series literally ended with uh, Isaac, and uh, and John Carver lo- uh, looking at looking on as the Necromorphs were invading Earth, and the game ended, and we have not had one since. And that game out came out in what what like two thousand and thirteen. It's been five years now. Give us another Dead Space. Give us another they're, Dead Space. They're going to call
3: it a live Space. Oh, a oh, living
0: space. Uh, but, uh, but, oh God, I would love, I mean, those are dead space too. For me, pound for pound is still the best third person horror game. This side of Resident Evil four.
5: See the only positive thing I think that's going on. Well, there's a lot of positive things going on, but the guys who used to run sledgehammer games over at Activision were the cats who originally brought dead space over at EA. And they've been moved to a role at Activision to really focus on new experiences, new games and new IP. So I'm hoping that those cats have something in the back of their heads of like, we need to bring something like that back. You know, it's not gonna be the Dead Space franchise, of course, because you know, EA has that locked up, but something similar would be so awesome. So I hope they're given the the reins to make games like that again. That'd be fantastic.
0: I figure if if darks if darksiders can get a third installment. Dead Space can get a fourth installment. Come on, what are we waiting for? I mean, what a what an amazing bunch of games Somebody in chat mentioned Parasite Eve. That would be another one.
2: Yeah, thing.
0: Parasite Eve give it like Resident Evil Revelations gameplay.
1: To be fair, we got, fair, we got the Eve third died. birthday. Parasite Eve died His third birthday was absolutely Yeah. I don't like the third birthday. Maybe I'm just Why? weird. That's the point. It died because that game was so bad. I thought it was. Yeah, Square, it was Square, Square also
3: lost the right. Square also lost the rights to the Parasite Eve name, which is why. Yeah, I it's based on it a series of birthday. books, right? Yeah, it's based on a series of books.
0: Yeah, that, yeah, I, I seem to remember that. Um, honestly, I mean, you could fill an entire conversation about this with nothing but Square games. Like, if you want to talk about yeah. Brave yeah. Fencer Musashi or Chrono, or no
2: Musashi does not need to Oh, come dude, I
0: love, it. I love Brave Fencer Musashi. Vagrant okay. Story, Vagrant Bushido Story, story Vagrant Story, or Final Fantasy Tactics deserve, especially Final Fantasy Tactics deserve better than that shitty Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. I don't care what anybody says, it's not
2: but a I good like,
3: game. I, I, I like Advance more than the first one. Oh, no. Yeah, no. Uh,
2: the Advance games were fine. Yeah, like, no, they're no, fine. No, no, no Tactics like, Ogre.
1: Speaking... Kogatsu in chat said what I was going to say. Bring back Bushido Blade. Yeah, Bushido Blade,
2: Bushido Blade would be good. Ogre now. Battle. Bring back Ogre Ogre Battle, battle bring on.
0: That would yeah, I would love oh, another a third lunar
1: battle.
0: game. Yeah,
2: bring back bring lunar
1: back the
0: saga great. series. The saga, so- oh lunar, uh, Fatal Food I of never, I never played lunar. Saga. Lunar would be great. To, lunar would be really cool to bring back. I, who's gonna
2: Who's gonna make a lunar game? Nobody. Yeah, yeah,
0: like that. No, like, I mean, I, I could see Atlas doing it. It Sell the rights good. to Alice? I could see.
2: Alice. Well, yeah, no, they're, they're, they're be to me like, too much
3: like Dayton in it.
2: A- Any like everything that came out after Lunar Two Eternal Blue Complete is like not even worth paying attention to. What about they released Castle- like that awful DS game Lunar Dragon Song or whatever it was.
0: Castlevania. Yeah. Give me another really good Castlevania game. You know, oh,
3: Bloodstained's coming really- out
2: soon.
0: Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm so stoked for Bloodstained.
3: Um, what about another Grandia?
0: I was just gonna say that. Uh I was just gonna say that make it another story driven Grindia. Uh Grindia 3 was super light on story and uh super heavy on combat. Um I would also I would also I mean there's so many RPGs. I mean, like Breath of Fire. Like bring back Breath of Fire or Wild Arms. I mean, there are I mean honestly, like I mean, once you really get into the meat and potatoes of it, I mean there are so many incredible French Power Stone. Guys, power. Am I right? Or am I right? Like, yeah, fucking...
2: Power Stone would make an amazing Switch game. Oh like, my
0: god, dude! Right? Like, like, oh, that would be so. Power good.
2: Stone just would make it like an amazing anything game at this point.
0: Yeah, another, I know, an, another, another. Good. Another Power Stone would just be fucking incredible. Power That's
2: Stone just... Two was a little too over the top for me. I still like the first one. Better. I like
3: the first one a whole lot more than the second
2: yeah. one. What about? It was uh, still good. but I, The first one was just more
0: cohesive. Uh,
2: Luffy, um, Lufia. Yeah, Lufia. I, yeah, Lufia. They told their story though.
0: I, I would love a reboot, though. A reboot of luffy I,
2: I, I very think. much love Lufio, too. Super Mario RPG.
0: Super Mario uh, RPG. That was no, a Mario. No, no, no. Check this out. Make a new Super Mario RPG. Give it to Davide Soliani at, at, at Ubisoft and let him use... Let him do what he did for King Battle. Battle. Uh, I, I mean, can you imagine that? Using the, some of the assets from King Battle to make a new Super Mario RPG. That would be fucking awesome. I, I, wish, could... I wish
3: I wish Naughty Dog would make another like Jack and Daxter game, but like a platforming one, not like uh that edge, would be dope. edge Hard.
0: That would be dope.
3: Cause, 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 you know, there, there's been like concept art for, for like forever now. Like they're planning on making one a couple years ago, but like that became like The Last of Us or Uncharted 4.
0: Kugasu in chat says WarioWare.
3: Yeah, we haven't had a warrior wear in a while. It's and been but a That long needs time. Like, like like that's perfect for the Switch.
0: It's been a long time. There's a bunch of old Nintendo franchises you, you could bring back to, like Punch-Out. Like Ice Climbers. I mean, Ice Climbers. I mean, Ice Climbers would be great. Punch-Out would be perfect for the Switch, right? I mean, the Joy-Cons. I mean, I mean the motion control, like, like I mean, it speaks for itself. Um, F-Zero would be incredible if you brought back another F-Zero. Bring back top-down 2D Zelda, which honestly I think we're probably going to get. I think we're probably going to get one of those in the Switch um matt matt you got any more uh any more franchises you would love
5: to see uh dug out of the grave and and, and reanimated well i was gonna say scribble knots but there's one supposedly coming there's uh, one next coming. week but it's not quite old school scribble knots uh i just love maxwell as a character um that would be one i think the other ones on my list here i had panzer general i don't know if you guys ever played that it's an old turn based strategy game with hexagons and I've little never miniature counters. I've never heard of that. Yeah, war, one of those old war games, big strategic war games. Uh, kind of think uh, Advanced Wars, but oh. uh, with Sherman tanks. Advanced Wars. Bring the yeah. Advanced Wars. Hey, man. And the, and the other one, Jean D'Arc. I don't know if you guys ever played yes!
2: Jean Yes! I, I played Jean D'Arc. Yes, yeah.
5: my man. Yo, we are talking uh, about that a lot game. of
2: strategy games here. <laughs>
5: man i would love that another it's probably because they don't make a lot of strategy games oh anymore. guys and, and anybody in chat let me know if,
0: you, if if this means anything valkyrie profile
2: i love valkyrie so profile yes. give us
3: another Ooh, actually actually uh, go ahead go ahead please. mvp baseball
5: yep i'm okay Mm. with that one too i've never been huge into baseball games. guys
3: guys if you have not played mvp baseball 2005 you're missing out because that is probably the best baseball game ever what
5: about nfl oh my god and and mlb power pros ah from the Wii.
3: yeah like that needs to come back to like that that's like my favorite career mode in like any sports game
5: oh i was so good i can't believe
0: nobody's mentioned fantasy star or panzer dragoon yet
3: um panzer dragoon got my parents to force so are you you
0: serious (laughs) holy shit yeah when my parents
3: got when my parents got the force like we had a sega saturn with panzer Panzer Dragoon saga and they had to sell it and they had to split the fees
0: wow that is fucking bonkers man (laughs) holy shit story i was not expecting that i was (laughs) yeah like
3: like i i shit you not like that was part of the force
0: that was that that is the that that is the most oppressive atmosphere in any game I've ever heard. When it's actually busting marriages up. Um <laughs> Jesus, Christ. Jesus Christ. Uh Finn, what about you, man? Any other games you would love to see uh, dug up from the grave?
1: I mean I'm sure I could think of more, but I've said my my big ones. There's a shocking amount of RPGs and strategy games that need a second chance, especially with the Switch being what it is that
0: seems to be that's, that seems to be kind of the opinion right is that most of almost not all but most of what we've said has been RPGs and strategy games um, you know but uh, I'll tell you what before last year's uh, Nintendo Direct I would have told you Metroid Prime and and now we're now we're getting Metroid you know what, Prime I,
1: I will throw in one more that's not an RPG and that's the PS2 classic PsyOps the mind yeah, oh
0: yeah good call good oh what about Siphon Filter
2: Siphon
1: filter. Siphon I filter. I
0: hope that there is one. I, I or or Onimusha. Uh, That'd be another really good one. Yeah. Right? Oh,
2: I should have said on Onimusha. Yeah, definitely.
0: I think I think Neo really captured the spirit of Onimusha, um, but I would love to see another game starring Samanosuke. I mean... I don't want another
2: game with genre, no.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I was one of the guys who hated Onimusha 3.
2: I was not a fan. Onimusha 3 is one of my favorite games ever. Oh,
0: I couldn't stand it, dude. Um, it was so good. It oh, was the right no. amount of dumb. It was... I don't know about it that, It was the man.
2: perfect amount of dumb. Um, <laughs> uh, this, it was so Psyops, stupid. I loved
5: it. PsyOps would have been great. I mean... <laughs> Back in the Midway acquisition when I was over at Warner, we looked at a lot of these franchises. That was one of the ones that kept bubbling up as needed to do something with it, but just never, nothing ever came of it. But, man, PsyOps, the suffering ties, the bind. Um, games like that that are out there that would be really cool if they had another chance to live again. Condemned man, would be a good one, man. Such good stuff. Condemned. Oh, condemned. Or, oh, God, No One Lives Forever. How has that not been mentioned yet? No know, One Lives Forever... Yeah. Fantastic. I never played that actually.
3: I think we oh. need to bring back the Guy Game.
0: Oh Jesus, the <laughs> <laughs> Guy Game TV. I actually the guy. I actually oh, please I ahead. actually played Guy Game once. And oh god. It was uh it was it was it was just none of us had a good time. The was, worst
2: trivia game ever. It was
0: bad. It was real bad. We I couldn't believe it was I couldn't believe it was it was a thing. Um Man, I, I mean, this is one of those. This is one of those topics you could talk about literally for hours. I mean, there are so many games uh, that nobody's even mentioned, like Golden Sun, or um, you, you know, we talked about Advance Wars. Uh, you know, um, I mean, oh god, I, I can't, I can't, I can't get, I can't go down that rabbit hole again. Um, guys, I think we had, a, I think we had a good night. I think we had a, a lot of productive talk. Um, oh yeah, it wanna, was a fun night. I, I want to mention real quick to everybody. Oh shit, Time Splitters. <laughs> Fuck! I gotta stop this. This is a dangerous topic. I have to stop this because I'm, we're ne- let's be real, we're never gonna get ninety nine percent of these games we're talking about. Nope. And it's just gonna it's just gonna make us really sad. So we should probably stop now. Um, yeah, I'm
3: already I'm already pouring my forty ounce. So I
0: want to I want to uh, I want to remind everybody in chat of a couple things. Uh, one, uh, some of us will be at PAX East. Uh, myself and JT and Maddie will be there for a few days, and Finn will be there as well. Um, I will be, uh, I announced it on Twitter yesterday, but I'll just, uh, I'll say it again. Uh, the panel I'm on, uh, is, uh, with Susan Arndt and Sarah LaBeouf and, uh, our good friend Wout. And it's called, uh, Talking to Dark Souls Fans is the Dark Souls of Talking. Um, and the, <laughs> it's going to be really good. And so that is, that is at PAX East in Boston on Thursday, uh, April the 5th at 3.30 p.m. And I can also tell you guys the panel that I was going to be on, but it got canceled at the last minute. I was so bummed. Uh, but it got canceled at the last minute. I was going to be on a panel with uh, Greg Miller and Andrea Renee, um, which would have been dope as hell. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, it got canceled. But I will. But we will still get the chance to meet Greg, which is going to be really cool. Um, but uh, that literally that 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 literally got canceled the day I was going to tell you guys about it. And I was like, no, oh, I was so looking forward to that. <clears throat> um, and I'm also, uh, as a reminder, on Saturday night at PAX, I will be hosting PAX's game show night uh, that Susan Arndt uh, puts together every year. And uh, I will be co-hosting that with Chris Kohler from Kotaku. Nice. Um,
3: Just a reminder that Pax East is in April and not like this weekend. And not yeah, it's not this
0: weekend. That's, yeah, yep, it's in April.
3: Yeah, don't, yeah. So don't go to Boston this weekend. Yeah, please don't. This.
0: Please don't. Um, gents, is there anything else that uh, that anybody wants to mention or bring up before we uh, wrap it up?
3: Um, you know, okay. I I really miss like old school like party style games like Crash Bash and like I know we get Mario Party every once in a while, but like those games need to come back. Just they need to
0: i mean you know uh Conta logics and chats is diddy kong racing
3: but like crash crash team racing was always better
0: we can't start this we can't go down this rabbit hole again man we, we're, we're ending the show now um we can talk about it's it been a long one yeah um this is so good uh but anyway matt thank you matt we missed you thank you so much for coming on and joining us again man all that good npd that talk
3: fun. yeah thank you so much
0: and thanks for uh, having me uh, anybody, uh, unless anybody has any parting words, uh, this has been episode 104 of SDGC. We really appreciate you guys. Uh, we love all you guys, and we hope that you will join us next week. Please do us a favor continue to uh, spread the word, retweet our stuff, uh, tell your friends about it, tell Twitter about it, uh, especially leading up to PAX East, because uh, this PAX East is going to be bigger for us than last year's was. Uh, we're going to be networking a lot more. We're going to be meeting a lot more people, and we are trying to get the word out. So we would really appreciate that. Uh, be on the lookout for the next Appeals Court, the next Pause for Popcorn, and also the advent of uh, the Nerdcast, the Nola Nerdcast, into the SDGC channel, which completes and ties together the Saki Cinematic Universe. Um, so, uh, and by the and don't forget if hashtag Let Host gets a hundred retweets, we're going to tweet it out after the show. If he gets a hundred retweets, I will let Saki host the show.
6: Saki That's
0: my guarantee right there. It'll probably be our last episode ever, but I will do it. Um, so anyway, guys, uh, this has been episode 104. And as always, it's not always poetry, and we don't always agree, but we always keep it real. So until next week, please take care of each other, and we will see you guys later.
3: Chrono Cross is better than Chrono Trigger. Don't at me.